Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and family? Rocket can. Another NFL weekend, another football weekend coming up, of course. That's what happens on the weekend this time of year. Though it also happens other days of the week. I mean, let's be fair. There are games on Monday night and Thursday night. You know, I think the the Thursday night game has become bigger than the Monday night game, which is weird because Thursday night game was kind of, um, you know, poo-pooed by people for a while of the matchup and it's just not that good or it's, you know, too much expansion another day. All I hear about on Monday night is Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. I mean, which is understandable i i get it like that's a new thing a new wrinkle it's smart for the the rights holders because they're trying to create some sort of content some sort of um you know interest to, to justify the expenses that they have for monday night football and i'm not saying that monday night football doesn't bring in numbers but i i feel like the um the zeitgeist the consciousness of the fan has gravitated more towards thursday night which is interesting because I, I feel like the, the Thursday night game is a bigger game every week as far as discussion goes. And nothing would point to that this week more than the fact that people were talking about the Panthers and the Texans. I mean, that's as garbage a matchup as there can be on paper, right? Like before the season, during the season, after the season, even before everything with Deshaun Watson went down, um, just not the, the most appealing blockbuster matchup yet you still had people watching and reacting on on Thursday night to uh you know Sam Darnold maybe made Sam Darnold a bigger story than he actually is in a sense meaning like there was this whole like haha Jets aspect to that game and you know the the Jets uh the ghost of Jets quarterbacks past is now a thing I mean it's been a thing for a while the Jets have been searching for a quarterback for decades and you, you see, you know, the, the last guy they took near the top of the draft starting to look competent with the real infrastructure and organization around him. 
And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, no one can succeed as Jets quarterback. That coming right after Zach Wilson threw four interceptions or whatever the case may be. Like, how do you get better at quarterback? You leave the Jets. I mean, it's the secret. Everybody should know it. But when I say, um, you know, I, I think Sam Darnold played well in that game. You know, he made some impressive throws, but I, I wouldn't overreact either to a performance against the Texans. Now he is undefeated on the year, and the Panthers are undefeated on the year, and they look like um, a team that plays with purpose to me. You know, well-coached, well-organized. They got some team speed out there. They lose McCaffrey. That's a big blow just because McCaffrey is uh, such a threat in the passing game, right? Like, you, you watch some of these plays, and you just see the leverage he creates on any given play because that dump off is always there to him. Always there to him. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts Darnold and the, and the Panthers in the next several weeks. Now Darnold, you know, he had one nice run that was called back. Again, I'm not trying to take any credit away from him either. I just, my point was that because Thursday night is now, you know, feels like more of a primetime night than even Monday night, that game gets some extra attention, so therefore the reactions to that game can be extra and all that. But I don't think, despite the undefeated start, anyone's picking the Panthers for the Super Bowl. Which brings me to the, the teams that did make it to the Super Bowl last year. Um, one... Kansas City. I had just a horrid week picking NFL games last week. I think I might have went 0-7 on the picks for this show. I, I, I have to have the confirmation from Anthony, but it was bad. Whatever it was. And it was bad in, in real life. And one of those losses is the Chiefs, which has now become a, a recurring thing against the spread. Kansas City, they are under 500. They were under 500 against the spread last year believe that the same is the case this year when they're favored by um like six and a half points or 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 more they're they're losing the majority of those games against the spread as well and they've got the chargers this week and i believe the spread in that game is again six and a half it's just um the the information there is interesting the line may have even moved up to seven because it's counterintuitive to what we all think about Kansas City, right? You know, you watch Kansas City play and you think of a dominant team. They're 1-1 one one. now this this year. They should have won that game against Baltimore. Um, but the fumble really cost them in that one. Or they, they had that game won. However, just in general, over the last several years, the thought process is the Chiefs are, are dominant. And... You even in that Baltimore game, they had a, a couple plays that remind you of just how easily they can score at times. And you look at their record, and their record does say dominance. But they have not been successful against the spread. They they uh, were seven and nine against the spread last year, and when playing as at least six and a half point favorites last season. They had a record against the spread of four and eight, so the trends would say, "Go with the Chargers." Does that say though anything about the Chiefs actually? You know, for for all their dominance, 
They didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Obviously, that went to Tampa. And is there any cause for concern about Kansas City, you know, playing in, in so... Eventually, like, ha- having Patrick Mahomes can go really far. How far? You know, is it is it endless rope that he gives you? Or, you know, could this be a year where they're, they're not as, as dominant as they've been in the last couple of years? I mean, I, I suppose, I always say, you, you know, great teams win, um, great teams don't win close games, they avoid them, was one of the sayings, I think I might have made that up, I don't know, maybe somebody else made that up, um, I think uh, actually Daryl Morey might have originally said that about an NBA team. But the point of that is, you know, in a close game, little things can change the outcome. Like the uh, like the fumble in that game against Baltimore on Sunday night. You know, that the Chiefs got bit in that game because it was close. They were, obviously they had a cushion there. That fumble's irrelevant. But that was them driving to, to try and... and kick the go-ahead field goal when you're pulling the doors off other teams you know you take out that margin for error now I think the best teams also need to um you know learn how to to win in those situations same thing with with Tampa on the other side it's not as if they're you know blowing every opponent out in week one we saw the typical Tom Brady drive to to win the game you know too much time you give him the ball I say all this, though, because you have Kansas City, and and before the year, I think most people would have penciled them in as one of the teams to be playing in the Super Bowl. And I think on the other side of that, most people would have penciled in Tampa as the other team to play in the Super Bowl. And what do those two teams have in common? They did just play in the Super Bowl. Buccaneers off to a... 2-0 2-0 start. Tom Brady playing as well as he ever has, even in throwing uh, Bill Belichick under the bus in the process, or at least his trainer. I don't know. Did anybody see the comments from uh, Brady's trainer? Basically how Belichick um, treated Brady the same the entire time, and I guess that was part of the problem where obviously – 20-something-year-old Brady who's replacing Drew Bledsoe doesn't want to be treated the same as 40-something-year-old Tom Brady who had proven himself and won all those Super Bowls. And I, I guess that's one of the problems, one of the reasons that Brady's in Tampa now. You know, wanted to change. That relationship probably had run its course. It also just feels like extra buildup for this this looming Patriots and, and Buccaneers game, which is happening next weekend, not this weekend. The Buccaneers have a bit of a showdown game this weekend. They've got the Rams. And we all know, you know, Matt Stafford's on the Rams now and uh, how that's made some people feel differently about their prospects, including me. I don't think, you know, uh, Stafford is amazing or anything like that. But he certainly is an upgrade over Jared Goff. And we saw the Rams make it to 
the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And if they can get to the, the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, what can that, you know, style do with Stafford in place? But they got Tampa, Tom Brady, who's playing as well as he ever has. So when you look at Tampa and Kansas City, the favorites in their respective conference coming into the season. The two teams that just played in the Super Bowl, obviously, a year ago. After seeing what you've seen through two weeks of this NFL season, Tampa 2-0, and could have lost to Dallas, played a, a relatively tight game with Atlanta before pulling away late. Kansas City, they win their opener. You know, you got the, the big Mahomes to Tyreek Hill play. They beat the Browns, who were a trendy pick coming into the year. But then they, they drop one to the Chiefs, one that you could say is a bit of a, a fluke result. I mean, I'll credit um Lamar Jackson some. Lamar Jackson's kind of the most valuable player in the NFL, whether he wins the MVP award or not. Just like... And now I'm not saying he's the best either. I think there's a couple quarterbacks I'd take over him, but he's right at the top. I mean, top five, top six at worst, I would say you have to, to put him. But you can make a case he's a top five player in the NFL, period. The, the reason I say that he's the most valuable, though, is the entire way that Baltimore plays is predicated around him. right? If you took him out, they don't play the same. And he doesn't have that many weapons. Nevertheless, you know, Kansas City wins that game without a fumble. And right now, they're sitting at one and one. So, they got the Chargers. The Buccaneers got the Rams. The two Super Bowl teams facing off with the two L.A. teams. After two weeks of the NFL season, if I were to offer you Kansas City or Tampa, you could put your money on them forgetting even like skewed odds or anything like that it's just you get Tampa or Kansas City both you get you get both of them in this deal or you get the field which you taken Tampa and Kansas City after two weeks or the field after two weeks of the NFL season where are you putting your money or where are you putting your faith if you don't feel like betting imaginary money. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. Of course, uh, also you got college football this weekend. And today on CBS, a full afternoon of college football begins at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, with Mountain West action between undefeated Utah State and Boise State. Then at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, the SEC on CBS features 7th-ranked Texas A&M taking on 20th-ranked Arkansas. That's all coming up today on CBS. Tomorrow, of course, another NFL Sunday. Week 3 of the NFL season. But after two weeks, if I'm offering you the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs, the two teams that played in the Super Bowl, obviously Tampa winning it. I think the two favorites in their respective conferences going into this year. 
two teams that are combined three and one, but both favored this week. Kansas City by a touchdown against the Chargers. The Buccaneers by a point and a half on the road against the Rams. Are you taking the Bucks and the Chiefs, or are you taking the field? 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. There was a, a story um, in the NFL this week that really had and has nothing to do with the results. I, I mean, I guess in a small way, it, it has had something to do with a result of a game or two, but it was probably the number one talking point after last weekend. And I got to be honest with you, I just don't think it's that big a deal. I'll tell you what I t- I'm talking about coming up next. You can also get at me on Twitter, at Robin Lundberg, R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, 855-212-4227. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg Show. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'd ask you if I could give you the Bucks or the Chiefs or the field right now after two weeks in the NFL, who would you take? 855-212-4227. Tampa may be gaining even more sort of a cachet. Kansas City, on the other hand, it's interesting. Under 500 against the spread last season. 4-8 and eight when playing as at least 6.5 point favorites last season. They are touchdown favorites against the Chargers this week. The trends would say to go with L.A. I will never be used to that, by the way. Some of these teams, like, how the hell you expect me to call the Raiders the Las Vegas Raiders consistently and get it right? Or the Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to, like, you know, when you grow up referring to a team a certain way for years and years and decades and decades in my case now. Then all of a sudden, you're trying to tell me they play somewhere else? Ah! Travis in Miami. Travis, you're on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Travis, you there, man? Looks like we may have lost Travis in Miami. He was probably lost trying to, you know, figure out which team plays where. I mean, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I, I know where these teams play at this point. With Kansas City, it's interesting, though, just because they've had this um, this aura, right? I mean, the, the, the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. And, and certainly, it's something I've bought into. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is as impressive a player as I've ever seen. And when I've been doing the, the pick segments on a show like this, I you know, I say I go with Kansas City basically every week. That was a mantra. Well, it, it cost me last year. It cost me last week. So I, I do wonder if there is a um, little bit of a, um, a regression as far as the results in play for Kansas City if they keep playing with fire like that. I mean, the – Moral of the story for them, the the upside is that they've got Mahomes, right? So, like, in a game that's typically close, you get him the ball at the end of the game, and you feel pretty comfortable about your chances to win. And that was the case last week, where really, if not for a fumble, Kansas City wins that game, and it's the exact script that they followed a year ago. So maybe all that's fine. 
especially when you look at their record. I mean, you can't really nitpick too much when a team is 14-2 and two and goes to the Super Bowl uh, a year after winning the Super Bowl. But they don't feel like um, totally dominant. And that's why I was asking whether if you had the Bucks or the Chiefs or the field, which should be taken at 855-212-4227. But before the break, I said there was a, um, a talking point out of the NFL this week that I think is kind of blown out of proportion, and that's this whole taunting deal. And the flags for taunting. There were a couple uh, that were thrown, and there was one in particular that was thrown in a, a high-leverage situation, and it, it led to a, an uproar, and, and everybody on Twitter tweeting about the same thing. And you, We found something that almost everybody agrees on. Which makes this a boring topic to me, right? Like, it's if everyone sits there and says, oh, this taunting thing is a disgrace and the worst thing the NFL's ever tried to do, blah, 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 blah. I, I haven't noticed it much. I mean, I get it. I don't want a game decided by a weak taunting flag either. I don't think anybody asked for these taunting flags. I don't think there was anybody who thought, you know what the problem with the NFL is? Uh, taunting or whatever you want to call it, excessive celebration or rubbing it in. or And, and I think all of us like some emotion in the game. And, and I also don't understand the rationale behind it or exactly how you determine what is taunting versus what isn't. Like, Lamar Jackson, when he did the somersault into the end zone and then flipped the ball off or whatever... Uh, not flipped it off like with his middle finger, but like, you know, actually the act of flipping the ball. Um, that wasn't taunting. And if that was taunting, I would be upset. I don't want that to be taunting. But, it, you know, I, I saw stuff that was flagged that was less um, rubbing it in your face than what Lamar Jackson did somersaulting into the end zone. But the thing is, this is one of those stories I believe is going to go away. In a couple weeks, I think, you know, once the players get used to the enforcement of the rule and once the refs feel like they need to stop making it such a point of emphasis, you know, points of emphasis start um, and are emphasized, hence the point of emphasis, by being done probably to err on the side of enforcement rather on the rather than on the side of keeping the flag by your pocket. And when I say error on the side of enforcement, they're trying to show the players, all right, this is a thing. And look, if your point of view is that the old stuffy owners, you know, trying to take the, the emotion out of the game is, is just another way that the, the NFL um, takes advantage of its players and, and like this nameless workforce in a sense. I mean, I understand, and, and I understand, you know, if a penalty like that is thrown in, in a big situation, especially like um, where it's just not a big deal. Like you see, a, I, there was, I, I'm trying to remember if it was, a, it was in the Seahawks game, I believe, and you just see a, a call because a player sort of turns toward the other player and, and gestures after making a, a play, and... and that is um, the enforcement is, is when it's directed at another player. The NFL defines taunting as a deliberate act toward another player. 
so that they throw a flag and it's all of a sudden like, come on. And that leads to uproar online or whatever. I, again, think the NFL, first of all, is going to do whatever they want because no one's going away. I mean, in a sense, the NFL is taunting everybody with the taunting penalty. Nobody asked for it, but there it is. And no one's going to stop watching because of it. You know, I've seen the NFL go through so many controversies that have not made a, a single impact on them, not made a, a dent on the NFL's popularity at all. I mean, I say it all the time. The NFL is the single most popular thing in this country. Number one. I believe the ratings, even as you know, things trend away from typical television ratings, are, are up this year. I think the excitement and attention paid around the NFL is up this year. People are talking about Sam Darnold. To my point at the top of the show about Thursday Night Football becoming a, a bigger and bigger deal. People are talking about Sam Darnold. So I think after we get through a few weeks of extra enforcement and the players realize, oh, yeah, I could get flagged for this. I mean, and that look, that's the point of a point of emphasis, right? Or to try and get something out of the sport. Whether or not um, it should be out of the sport is an individual opinion. Again, I've never sat there and thought taunting was a problem in the NFL. I never asked for this penalty. But I also think the hysteria around it is a little blown out of proportion. I don't think it's impacted anybody's viewing experience in a completely negative way. I don't think it's going to stop people from watching the NFL, and I don't think it's going to decide high-leverage games because I think the bulk of this attention paid to it is going to be in the first few weeks of the season, and then it's just going to be par for the course. Because, you know, in the NFL, if a player costs their team yards like that, uh, the, the coach ain't going to be having that, and the players are going to learn and, and, and adjust. So I believe this is a case of, you know, people like to look for storylines, things to talk about, things to complain about. And as much as everybody's kind of in agreement, and I'm not, not in agreement, I, you know, I, I, I didn't care about this. I, I wasn't uh, demanding taunting enforcement. But I also don't think it's this, like, egregious, hysterical big deal that I've seen many members of the media make it out to be as well. Well, when some, but when guys are spitting the football and getting penalized for it, I mean, that is just ridiculous. I mean, we saw that last week in Houston and Cleveland. He makes a catch, he casually spins the football, yeah. and then he's charged 15 yards. I mean, who in the world thinks that that should be penalized? I mean, that's insane. Well, I mean, what's the difference between spinning the football and spiking the football, right? Like, why is, why is spiking the football... Uh, an accepted act, but spinning the football would not be an accepted act. That doesn't make any sense. I agree with you. But if that is a penalty, people are going to stop doing it. And then I don't think anybody's going to go, oh, I wish they were spinning the football, like, you know, later. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't disagree with what you're saying, Anthony. I just, I, I, I guess it just doesn't um, muster up the same energy. In me, because I know it's not going to impact the viewing habits of people. No, of course and, not. And again, as, and as you said uh, to begin with, uh, I mean, who, I, don't, I don't know who in the NFL thought this was an issue to begin with, where they felt that they needed to crack down on taunting penalties. John Mara, apparently, uh, you know, he's the one that has probably brought the most negative attention around this 
as anybody from both the off season. I, I think when he when he talked about it, um, and, and maybe that's you know. <laughs> Not a great thing that, that his name is coming up considering the state of the Giants at this point. I mean, I don't know what happened to the Giants, but at some point along the way, they went from, like, respectable good franchise to basically co-Jets <laughs> in town. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody was asking for it. But I also, like I said, I think with these things, and I've seen this, I guess because I've seen this in the NBA as well when they do point of emphasis stuff, it, it's a bigger deal at the beginning until – the players and the refs reach like sort of an accord on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what's going to get you flagged and what's not going to get you flagged. And, and I, I bet you, this is what I'd be willing to bet when I was asking people before, if they would you put their money on the, the chiefs or the bucks or the field at eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven. I bet you that the bulk of the calls that people are upset about with this happened in the first three or four weeks of the season is all I'm saying. And I think as the season goes along, this will be less and less of a topic. I don't think this is going to be the season that we remember as the taunting season, or this is the, you know, the worst thing that the NFL has ever done. I, I, I don't think that sort of hysteria or outrage is going to continue all season. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg show. I've been on a, a Wu-Tang kick of late because of the uh, show on Hulu, Wu-Tang Clan and American Saga. I like it. I mean, it's like a, a biopic, but, you know, in episodic form. And, you know, I, I think they saw the uh, success of the, the Wu-Tang Clan documentary of Mikes and Men and sort of built a show around the, the success of that. But, you know, Wu-Tang's got such a cool story. And such a cool movement. In fact, to the point, I mean, you look at the the impact Wu-Tang Clan has had. I have a Wu-Tang Clan shirt that I bought from Target. I think that says it all, right? Like, the fact that it's just sitting around in Target nowadays. And it's not like it's like a cutting-edge thing. I mean, enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, is going to be 30 years old soon. There were some big anniversaries of albums yesterday. I think uh, Nevermind by Nirvana. Had an anniversary. Of course, that record features Smells Like Teen Spirit, which I, I, I would say, like, objectively speaking, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a top five, like, banger of all time, right? Like, if someone were to tell you that's the greatest song ever made, you can't really, like, be upset about that. You could disagree, but you can't really be mad. Uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Had an anniversary yesterday. I think these are all 30-year anniversaries. So for anyone who's in my generation or age group, probably feeling old. And uh, also, uh, Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest had the anniversary yesterday as well. Tribe Called Quest, one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time. In fact, that the three greatest hip-hop groups to me are Tribe, Wu, and Outkast. Let's go to Billy in Toronto. Billy, you're up here on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? Morning, Robin. Robin, how are you? Listen, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, listen, uh, this taunting, I'm going to uh, disagree uh, a lot. I, I mean, I don't like this. I mean, I like I like the fact that they're cracking down on this stuff. I mean, I was saying to Anthony before, you know, when I'm watching a game and, and a linebacker has a good hit over the middle 
or a receiver makes a good catch. I'm not saying, hold on, hold on a second. Let me see. Let me make sure he gets up and flexes. Or let me see if he gets up and spins the ball or does what You've just made a play that's impressed me. Do, do we have to go with this other stuff? Do we have to do this? Do we have to have 40 guys running in front of the camera when a, when a touchdown is scored? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm an old-school caller. I like, a, I like a, a little bit of the stuff. I love the Lambeau Leap. You're not embarrassing anybody. You go into the stands. You let the fans who paid hard-earned money slap you on the pad. You know, I like that kind of stuff. Or where you hand the ball to uh, a fan in the stands when you score a touchdown, great. I love that stuff. But then you get the idiots that go into Green Bay, uh, whoever the opponent is, he scores a touchdown, and then he goes and jumps in the stands to try and rub it into Green Bay's fans' faces. The guy's lucky he comes out alive. I mean, this stuff, to me, I don't know where it's come from. I've watched it for a long, long time sport. But I don't know where this dancing and having to do all this stuff to sell yourself after you've just done something great that's impressed me, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, we got a thing up here in Toronto that's just basically turned me right off the Blue Jays, who've had a great year. We hit a home run, and now when the guy comes into the dugout, and by the way, we've hit a lot of home runs, they put the, they put the blue jacket on him. What? And, of course, the cameraman is all over it, and they're putting, they're putting his jacket on like he just did something great. He hit a home run in a 17-to-1 ball game. I, I really don't like this stuff. I'm really glad that they're cutting back on it. And I think in a, in a sappy kind of way, they're trying to teach sportsmanship. Just get the damn ball, get it back to the huddle, slap each other on the pads on a great play. But enough of this dancing. It really, really turns me off the game. It, it really does, Robin. That's all I got. Well, look, I'm glad you called because you represent uh, one extreme side of the position, and there are you know plenty of other people on the extreme other side of the position who have been outraged by the taunting thing. And I know it doesn't make for the best, uh, you know, content necessarily when I don't feel strongly. Like part of my job is to have opinions and takes and stuff like that. But I also am honest with the audience. And I just don't feel that strongly about this taunting thing. I, I don't think it's that big a deal either way. I didn't – I never thought this was a problem. I was never watching – I'm not like Billy. I was never watching and upset about it. Like, and, and, and I'm against – I'm for sportsmanship. I'm against, like, taunting in the, the, the form of what I would define that word. Like, people going over the top. Cool. Yeah, it's not cool. But – the stuff that I've seen flagged also like a quick like, yo, I, you know, I got you or, you know, a, a spin of the ball as Anthony brought up. That's not taunting to me. Like that's nothing. So for those who get upset when that is flagged, I understand that. At the same time, I just think this is, you know, the players are going to figure out what's what's getting you a flag and what's not. And they're going to stop doing what's getting a flag. And the refs are going to back off a little bit as the games get more important. They're trying to introduce this as a concept right now. And it's not their choice. It comes from on high. So I, I just think it's, you know, it's something for people to talk about in the early goings of the NFL season. And it won't be a storyline in a couple of weeks. That's what I think. Ali in uh, Miami, you're up next here on, on the Robin Lundberg Show. What's going on? What's going on, brother? Love your show. Um, Thank you. I'm a Wu-Tang fan myself. You know what I mean? Uh, I I love, you know what I'm saying, some Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. Yeah. You know, I, I respect that. So, um, but, but also sports tip, um, when it comes to the how soft the NFL has got, I mean, it's really hard on 
the defensive linemen, the linebackers that are that are you know trying to trying to do what they have to do when it comes to sacking the quarterback, as well as when it comes to the taunting penalties. I mean, you, you know, you, you can't have fun anymore. It's not you know that era where you know you could score a touchdown and have fun, or you could you could get a sack and have fun. It's very you know um, just 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 very you know like it's, it's you know there's no more there's no more finesse there's no more fun you well, know and, and i mean is that true though like that. if you go back is there even with this penalty right is there more was there more celebrating in the past i mean i still think there's more celebrating and self-expression now than there was you know when i was growing up let's say for instance Right, it's just. Well, it's not about the self-expression. It's just that the, the aggressiveness. Now, now when a linebacker gets a sack on a quarterback, he literally has to roll off of him, and you know he has to watch out if, where his helmet is hitting the quarterback, and you know there's no more looking at the at the uh, the lineman or the or the person that's tackling you when you score a touchdown. You can't look at him. There's no taunt. You know, well, those are separate topics, though, right? Like. I understand your first, and that goes into something Brady had said. I think Tom Brady said this week that the NFL, you know, is softer than it used to be, which is inarguable. I mean, you want to use the word soft? I mean, I get, like, soft has such a negative connotation because you call somebody soft, you know, you're calling them a punk, basically, right? Yo, bro, you're soft. Uh, What the NFL has tried to do and what they are doing, if you're looking at reality, is reacting to, I mean, they've had concussion lawsuits brought against them, right? Uh, you know, whether or not kids play football is a big topic because of what we've seen from the NFL and CTE and, and, and brain damage yeah. that the sport can cause, all that. So the NFL is trying to legislate in a safer sport. Um, as a result, sometimes there are things that look like it's overboard, and, and one of them would be like when a quarterback gets hit a split second after he gets rid of the ball. Or you know the the you know it looks like a clean uh, play yeah, and then I mean, it's roughing I mean, the passer, so I it mean, is softer in that sense. Yes, if if, yeah, if that's the word you choose to use, but I don't think that has anything to do with the taunting. Well, when it comes to taunting, I mean you know you you can't. There's no more looking at the player, right? You, you could dance and do everything as long as you're not looking at them, right? Yeah. It, it's very technical, and and that's the whole thing. But but you know when it comes to the whole. Um, you know, uh, being safe, and I get that. But you know, the, the linebackers and, and and the linemen, you know, they they can't defy gravity. They can't stop that. The fact that they have to go and and you know, drill well, a quarterback. I, I, you know, I'm with you. Look, it, it makes defense is increasingly harder to play, right? You know, and thank you for the call. It, it's there. Uh, there was a time where you think of the NFL and you think of these two yards in a cloud of dust teams or the '85 Bears or. You know, all these ga- line, games are still won on the line of scrimmage, but not in the same way that they once were. The game has changed. Uh, it is now a wide-open passing game for sure, and, and part of that is, is predicated on the rule changes. Travis in Miami. Travis, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Love the show. Thank you, man. Yeah, man, I just wanted two things. I, I disagree with the taunting thing. I think the league is getting real soft. Like that that's in that same direction, man. I mean, it's it's entertainment. Let the guys have fun. They made they made a play, you know, and some people like don't really get offended by it. They wanna see that. Brings excitement to the game. 
Look, again, I I don't think. Um, uh, uh, thank you for the call as well. I I, I don't think it's like um, that extreme for me. That's I I guess where it, I I I want to see a level of personality. Sure. Um, I I don't think some of the stuff that's being flagged is bothersome or wrong. Do I want taunting in the the way I would define the word? Probably not. You know, I would probably side with the people who say. You know, you don't need to rub it into people's faces to an extreme degree. But, I, you know, there are flags out there that I don't think qualify, like spinning the football or a quick flex at somebody or, or talking a little smack. Uh, but, again, I, I think it's being made a little bit bigger deal than it actually is. It won't be a, a big deal in a few weeks. I am intrigued. The, the last couple calls, though, have brought up the word soft. And because Brady brought it up as well, usually this is something that, that happens with the NBA where, like, the former players are bashing the current product or the fans are always bashing the current product. And I think it's unhealthy uh, to an extent because, you know, you take away some of the appreciation people should have for the game. Not necessarily been the case for the NFL. I'm curious, you know, the, the word soft that, I, that I've heard thrown around. Has that impacted your enjoyment of the NFL? Like, do you not like the product as much anymore? Or do people just want to complain? Because sometimes I also think people just want to complain. Is the NFL too soft today? 855-212-4227. I'll explain how some of your habits might have contributed to that softness coming up next. It's the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 